This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here with uh, Chris. Chris, how are you? Live from Sin City, Las Vegas, Rob. Uh, Viva, uh, how are you doing in? Uh, how are you doing in Vegas? You're there for to meet with Facebook again, right? Uh, Facebook, Hulu, Mercedes. Um, I think there's a couple others on the agenda. There's a Google meeting for Fenway out here, but uh, me personally, I'm here for Hulu, Facebook, Oculus. Landed down at about 11 a.m. this morning. There's just something about this city. When you step on the strip, you feel alive. There's just people everywhere. <laughs> Tomorrow will be a big geek invasion. But for CES, for folks who don't know what CES is, that's the largest consumer electronics show in the world. It's actually, I think... The yeah, l- it'll be like all over the news the next oh, week, it's, this whole week. Oh, it's the largest... I think it's the largest trade show in the world. Uh, and people that are here with their upstart technologies showcasing some gadgets that they've invented. I mean, obviously everyone knows what the Facebooks and the, the big boys can do. It's cool to see like some of the lower um, tier companies who are bringing out this cool shit that'll be unveiled. Uh, but I actually won't be at the event. I'm just here for the meetings around the event and the festivities. Oh, there you go. But, so uh, where do you guys meet? Do you like in hotel rooms or? So so no. So MGM, um, MGM I was, as you know, is one of our, our big partners. So having that as a partner when you're in Las Vegas helps on many fronts from a hospitality dinners and rooms. So they put us up up here. And then we also are having meetings in their conference rooms at the MGM property. So we'll be we'll be hosting the folks uh, on site at MGM uh, hotels, but inside of their board boardrooms and conference rooms. So you staying at the MGM or are you staying at one of their uh, one of their properties? So, so they own they own uh, I think it's like 10 properties. They, they own 60% of the strip. Um, MGM. Do they does. really? Yeah, sixty percent of the strip. Holy cow! I didn't know that. Yeah, they, I mean, they own the Bellagio, the MGM Grand, Aria, Luxor, uh, Bally's. They, I mean, they own everything out here. It's, it's them, and then the Caesars. But uh, so, yeah, no, the, having them as a partner is always uh, very beneficial when you come to Las Vegas to have someone like MGM be able to hook you up. That's awesome. So. Um, the Facebook Oculus meetings are going well and uh, getting all started. Everything's good there. Yeah, they're 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 a beast, right? So Facebook is they're hard to navigate in some instances, but we're 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 narrowing down some of the opportunities in Fenway, ranging from uh, uninterrupted with LeBron James and his platform to a big Liverpool presentation we have while we're out here, and then MGM properties themselves are having a big pitch to Facebook to talk about some of the AR capabilities that we could do on the strip um, and integrate into some of the live shows that they have. So with Facebook, it's it's endless amounts of possibilities. And then when you throw MGM in there, it kind of is a blank canvas, right? Magnified. It's just, it's crazy. It's unbelievable too about the portfolio that you have at FSM is like you're going from LeBron to so- uh, to soccer across the pond. You're doing, I mean, Red Sox are almost like you almost forget about. 
I know, and that's it's. We're lucky to have that too to talk about. I mean, we're showing them a green monster opportunity and full transparency because they're Facebook and they have that kind of cash. But uh, they they want to just see everything, and they, the reason they like us is what you just mentioned is they can come to us and get those global opportunities, the digital opportunities, the MGM big wow opportunities. So. That's the beauty of FSM is we're not just selling one thing. We can come with this huge portfolio that the, the amount of people that will be in the room from Facebook is like, I think it's like they're bringing 12 people into our meeting because there's just so many different levels of, of Facebook. Wow. Um, so it's exciting. And then Hulu, Hulu on the on their side, everybody's watching the NFL playoffs. Their big thing is they have live sports. Uh, so we're talking to them about Liverpool and how we can do some cool content with those guys on their platform. That's awesome. And so can you talk a little bit about We've mentioned this before. How does LeBron fit into the whole FSM portfolio? So back in, I think it's 2011, uh, Fenway invested in LRMR, which was LeBron's marketing company. And LeBron had come off the decision. Obviously, everyone knows how that went. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah. And needed to, to kind of clean up his image and brand and was introduced through to John Henry and Tom Warner. And, and he... he LeBron is an extremely savvy business person where he has learned that equity is how you become wealthy versus just taking sponsorship money. So he, yeah. he agreed to come on board with us where Fenway became his sole representation agency for all of his endorsement deals, but he wanted equity. So yeah. his Blaze Pizza deals, and then he also has a piece of Liverpool. So he's part owner of Liverpool. And as everyone's seen, Liverpool has been a rocket ship since we've bought the team winning championships, they're crushing it this year. His equity in that alone will pay for his decision to come with us. Uh, so that that started back in 2011, and we've represented him since. But then he launched unde- uh, Uninterrupted uh, in partnership with some folks because people came to him. when he wrote. Remember when he wrote the letter uh, about going back to Cleveland on SI? Yeah. So he realized then wow, like athletes just need this outlet and I'm LeBron. So obviously SI will give me that platform, but they won't give everybody that platform. So he launched his own company saying, this is a way for athletes to have their own voice and people compare it to the Players' Tribune. It's very different um, just in the way that they distribute content. They're creating the shows like The Shop. Have you seen The Shop on HBO or on Showtime? I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Right, so like he does way more content series that we're helping now uninterrupted go out and find partners to integrate using athletes. So Oculus is part of that where we have some cool content ideas where people could be using the Oculus headset to communicate across the NBA, the NFL, the Olympics obviously are coming next year. So that's going to be huge for people to get involved in. Uh, but LeBron is, he's an, for people that give him all the flack, he's an extremely savvy business person. That's awesome. I think, you know, uh, I find what you do at FSM just so incredibly interesting. And then you throw in LeBron and Facebook and Google and Hulu and all the things that you're doing. I mean, Valenti, you're like living life. I'm living the life. Yeah, I'm out here in Sin City for four days. Four days is a long time. Four days is too long in Vegas. It's way too long. long. It was good when I was in my 20s. Four days now, and then I'm sure uh, the wifey is none too happy that I'm here for four days. But be a long... Oh, with two kids. Two kids. Uh, Yeah, so... But and also with with my my boss John Clark, which uh, will not be any short nights while I'm out here either. So um, <laughs> Clark, he's I'm, the best. I'm he's a, a former former minor league guy. I, yes, he is. We were actually having our we, he and I flew out and sat next to each other and we we're talking about some minor league stories um, on the way out here. But I'm going to have to Irish get him exit. on the podcast. Yeah, no, he he'd be a great get. I mean, it won't be hard. You know, that'd, be, to ask that'd him. be fun. Is do a 
you just we'll we'll talk about this, but you did your first interview, uh, and it would be a good like two against one interview, three way conversation. You know uh, that he, he'd be great at it too. He's got some. He's Clarky's got stories for days. You know what's funny, and we could talk about the interview I just did. The small world. So John started with with Lakewood Blue Claws, which was his first big gig in sports, where he was there when the team launched in minor league baseball. Single affiliate of the single affiliate of the Phillies. Exactly, and. Two people that I grew up with worked with John there. Zach no Zach Rosenberg and Zach Boning. Who Zach Boning grew up in my town. Zach Rosenberg grew up in my town. And then Brian Specia, who we interviewed, uh, who I interviewed last week, was was my best man at my wedding, grew up in my town. So four kids from the same small town in New Jersey all went on to work in sports. What town is this? Neptune. What the hell is in the water in Neptune? I know. It's Shark River Hills, too. It's even a smaller subsection of Neptune. Like, it's a small little neighborhood within the other town. And four of us all end up in... And myself, Brian, um, and Zach Rosenberg are still... Zach is actually the head of um, Princeton, Le- Learfield. It's Peter Le- Oh, really? He, he runs the sales out there for Princeton University. But he started um, with the Lakewood Blue Clubs with John. So it's this really weird, small niche of people who from this one town who went on to work in sports. So do you guys just have, like, all Neptune, like, the planet references in your town? No. You know, it's more about the sea. It's the king of the sea. So it was all – that was, like, their logo. Like, I didn't is go – Is it to, right on the beach? It's – so I can my, – my town is on the river that runs into the beach. So you could take the river you through the it. inlet into Belmar, which then goes into the ocean. Yeah. Um, but you could see the beach across the river. It's a very small river. But, yeah, I grew up yeah. riding my bike to the beach. But, yeah, no, it's – um. Neptune is the king of the sea, so that was always their logo. I didn't go to Neptune High School, but that was their logo. I think. They, um, I think. I don't even know. I, <laughs> I'm making that up. I have no idea. My grandfather lived in a town uh, in Pennsylvania outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, it was next to a town called Mars. Yeah, so everyone probably thought it was named after the planet. Yeah, you're like the um, spaceship from like the Bugs Bunny uh, from like Space Jam. You know that yeah. little alien yeah. guy? Yeah, he was all over that town. So my the, Neptune is the town. It's about it's two towns over from Asbury Park. So Bruce Springsteen. So Stone Pony, okay. Asbury Park, Bruce. You know, but uh, he he made it a little bit bigger than all of us. But yeah, four kids from the a same little. town have all gone on to work in sports, which is kind of crazy. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, so you in a couple of weeks, right? We've got um, we just so we're recording this Monday. We'll uh, release. Uh, our interview this week, which is Laura Juris, which will be really kind of yesterday when this is released, um, and then um, from the Vikings, and so that'll big be, W for Laura this weekend. Oh yeah, huge W for the Vikings this weekend, um, and then so this was basically coming out Wednesday in like two days. Um, so the following week, we'll be releasing your first interview. How did that go? I've been doing all the interviews. The first one, how'd it go? It was, it was great. Uh, I interviewed, like I, as I just mentioned, Brian, my long-term, long-term, long-term girlfriend. Long-term. My long-term, my long-term <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, my long-time childhood friend. Uh, in my mother's basement, as I, you heard in my interview, I said this is where 37-year-old Italian men should be in the parents' uh, Italian basement. Um, luckily I got out of there and I don't live there anymore, but, uh, it was great. I mean, Brian's down at USF. He's got an interesting story going from the NHL to Tampa Bay lightning out here to actually out here to Vegas to help launch the Vegas golden Knights before going to UConn and then moving on to now USF, uh, running their, their sales program down there. And it all comes back. It all comes back 
to JPP in the hand. <laughs> JPP went to college uh, at USF, and my hand is JPP, as my my colleagues would tell I, me. But your hand, I so we record these things. I see you through Skype. Yep. and record them through GarageBand. Your hand looks like a hand. It does. So it, the, the middle finger is still like if I go to make a fist, I'll show you. Like it's still stuck there. Like I'm giving someone the finger. Like you are giving me the finger right now. So. Friday? It was last but it's Friday. it's not as gross as I thought it was going to be. No, I thought it was going to be mangled we're about and like cut. And five weeks in now, but there's holes at the top still because that's where the pins were. So I'll tell you that. So Friday, um, I go to the... It's not as gross as I thought. Yeah, no, it's 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 manageable now. And I'm, the rehab's already started. So I go there Friday to the doctor's office. Yeah. And originally they had told me, look, look we're going to probably go to the OR and have these taken out because it's three fingers and that's a lot to do. So I get there like, you know what, we're, if you want, we could just do it here and you can get it over with. And we're just going to Novocaine your hand. And when they, they put three shots of Novocaine in my three fingers, which actually was the worst part of this because that felt like I was being stabbed because you have no like cushion right there to get a needle, right? Yeah, right on your, like the palm of your hand. Like right there, yeah, like right underneath where the finger like meets. Like on your, the, like cal- where your calluses would be. Exactly. So right where your, your hand would meet your palm, uh, your fingers would meet your palm. Yeah. And then he just proceeds to dig into my finger and pull oh, out. Gross. The pins. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Um, and the pins were way bigger than I thought, by the way. I was like, whoa, okay. Like how big was a pin? It, it was like a long nail, and it was pretty thick. Like you're putting your fingers up like three inches. Oh, yeah. It was it was a good... Like the length of your finger. It was the length of my finger, yeah. And then... Holy buckets. Yeah, so he's like, by the I way... I thought they would be like an inch. Oh, oh no, no. They were they were long, and they were thick. And, like the whole length of your middle finger. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I had in three fingers. That's why I have three holes. And uh, they're like, by the way, just be careful of your bones right now because you're still now you have holes in your bones. They need to close up and heal, so you got you got to be careful banging it on anything. So, yeah, that's uh, so the hand story is coming to a close. Other than the physical therapy I need to do for the next few months, but luckily, a few months is like a year. Yeah, no, it's it's they, every time I see them, it seems to get shorter and shorter. They're like, oh, you're progressing oh, good, more. They must give they give you the uh, worst case scenario first, and then they dive in. A little bit better. Yeah, I'm very lucky that they're even there. Like, at your point, they could be way worse because I got my finger out, I guess, just in the nick of time before the, the blades came around and took them off. So, all things considered. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be gnarly. Like, I thought no, it was going to look I'm doing good. I can see worse. I could kind of make a claw. I could do the claw and then, like, give you the finger at the same time. Right, right. So, the second one's more fun. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you, I, I want to say the interview was very good. Uh, it was great. Uh, I also thought, too... His, we talk about network here all the time, and his network that he's got through through Tampa Bay, uh, and I love the thought process, uh, and we'll talk, I mean, you're going to hear it in a couple weeks. He went from the Golden Knights, the NHL, like the Premier, they just went to the Stanley Cup, yep. to UConn, and it was a step up for him, not from the what's on the front of the jersey, but from the career aspirations that he had. 100%, and we talk about that all the time, and, and usually for young folks, they get they get tricked into thinking the better opportunity might be with the bigger name brand, but sometimes the better career opportunity might not be there. And Brian made the conscious decision to go after the position that he really wanted. Um, it had nothing to do with really with location. Cause quite frankly, he didn't really want to live in Connecticut. Uh, cause not many people do, <laughs> but he, um, he wanted that director title to, to run a sales staff. He knew he was ready. And when he went there, he proved himself out. They increased sales and then his, his current company aspire, which runs UConn as well presented him with the opportunity to go down to USF and fix that situation. So it's all about sometimes taking some risk and taking some chance and giving up that flashy name to, to advance your career. And, and Brian made the, so far has made the right decision. 
That's awesome. That'll be a great story when that comes out uh, here in a couple weeks. And uh, I know you haven't uh, listened to it yet because that's not out yet. Um, but the uh, Laura Juris, who is the vice president of People and Culture, kind of fun uh, title, uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. So by the way, that checks off all four core sports. Throw so in MLS, we got all five major sports. There we go. So we uh, got Lucino so- with the Red Sox. You got Jack Tipton and Gogarty with the NHL, uh, John Bishop with the NBA, and now uh, Laura with uh, with uh, with the NFL. And we so and we, we have PG and we have PGA. And we got the PGA. Jeez, oh man, we did okay. Yeah, so we can. Just, this is it. This is our final episode. So, <laughs> what what else is there to do? Um, but one of the things that I'll tell you that she talked about that I wanted to get your thoughts on. We talked about how culture is a deep word, right? This is not just something that can be scratched at the surface. It's a deep thing uh, that has multiple layers. It's, you know, peeling back the layers of the onion, if you will. When you're talking about culture and you're describing the culture at FSM to the uh, sales associates, what are the kind of the key things that you look for in someone to add to your culture? Because we also talked about you don't want the same person because that creates groupthink. You want someone to be able to fit in your culture but provides unique ideas. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So here's the key to culture, and then there's nothing else that people can tell you as we get older, like the free beer, the ping pong, all that stuff that might be flashy. The number one key to culture is people. And it starts at the top. Without the top, it doesn't matter, right? I'm sure you've experienced this because the, the, the culture is infiltrated from the top down. And if the person at the top doesn't believe in it, it doesn't matter what mid-level manager is trying to implicate, uh, implement any type of activities or culture for the rest of their folks. It has to be bought in by the top. And the reason that Fenway is such a great place to work is it starts at the top with our president, CEO, Sam Kennedy, all the way up to our ownership group, right? And Fenway, um, I'd say the culture there it, it, it to your point is it's it's so diverse in terms of people's thinking and we complement each other so well from a personality standpoint but we also get along and, and embrace debate because this place and Fenway will do an amazing job of weeding out the people who don't belong without us ever having to fire somebody if that makes sense yeah right, right. it's just right. like if you don't belong here you don't belong here and you know pretty quickly but it's not because we're just a, like you're to your point a place full of the same thinkers and all the same ideas. It's because we're we're able to to navigate through each other's ideas, complement each other, and make the place a better place to work. And uh, I, I'd say the associates, the the beauty of the titles in our place mean nothing. And I think you you can attest to that, right? You come into our yeah. office, it doesn't matter if you're the chief or the associate. Everyone's treated with the same respect. No one's asked to do anything they wouldn't that they wouldn't do themselves. The door is always open. You can have any open, honest conversation. Like I said, debate is welcomed. Um, and you don't find it everywhere because sometimes you're going to work for people who are like, I'm the boss and this is the way it goes, which, of course, at the end of the day, the boss has to make the decision. But at least we know that our voices will be heard and that people sometimes will take into account our feedback and make changes. One of the things that we talked about, and I want to get your opinion on this, is debate, right? I think one of the things that's hardest for uh, young people is when you disagree with something, how do you professionally do that and without rolling over, right? So it's like you and I, let's have a disagreement, but the first counterpoint, you just say, okay, boss, whatever you want. 
that's not really what debate is, but it's also not yelling and screaming and being a dick about it. It's uh, there's a there's an approach to what I'll call professional debate. Yeah, and th- you know what we talk about this, and it's probably another term for it is internal selling, right? That's always oh yeah, that's, right, right, right. That's sometimes more key than external selling. So internally selling your bosses, your peers, the other departments is some is usually more important than the external the factors. So being able to speak professionally to someone and present your ideas and state your case. Look, here's the thing. You're not always going to win. And sometimes you just have to accept that and move on. And the worst thing you can do, and this is where culture changes and this is where you can be the the root of a problem, is if you don't get the answer you want at the end of the conversation or debate, whatever you want to call it, is go and be an absolute pessimistic, bitching about it to everybody else problem that's causing more problems within the organization. Accept that the boss made a decision. You don't. It's okay to disagree and move on. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a good point. But also, you too want to be able to, uh, you know, at the end of say, hey, definitely heard they they definitely heard me whether they like it or not. It is what it is. But I think as long as you professionally put it together, you have cogent points, uh, and you're able to get your point across. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it it doesn't. Let me tell you. I, Lucchino says this all the time. This isn't a democracy. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And But the thing is, you don't want to work for people who won't even listen to your argument or your debate, right? Because that's that's there's no fun in that. There's no growth in that. You're just there to be right. a robot. And if you're in a situation like that early in your career and you're not even able to add any value outside of like what your day-to-day job is, you're going to get really stagnant and you're going to want to leave anyway because people just like to change it up a little bit and they like to feel like their their opinions and their voices matter. So if you're a manager and you are you have the ability to be a manager and you're that type of person where you're just like, nope, it's my way or the highway, you're gonna your turnover and your attrition is going to be so high because I read a good interesting article the other day in LinkedIn quote, people don't quit organizations, they quit you. Yeah, they quit bosses. Right. They don't quit the organization, they quit you. And if you're not the if you're the problem and why people are leaving, it's not because of the organization. It's probably because of you. Right, right. I thoroughly agree with that. Uh, and it's tough to keep that uh, culture, and it's tough to keep that going because you know everything changes so frequently and so quickly. Um, but I think there's a lot of truth in uh, in that LinkedIn quote that you uh, that you had. So, 2020 is here. We're in the new year. 2020 is here. Uh, final season of Pawtucket. Yes. How's the how is the reception been? I've seen some really cool posts by you guys about what you're going to do to handle the final year. Some cool promotions coming up. How is the fan now that it's getting real for these folks? How has the feedback been? Um, good and we like sad, right? So, um, you know, there's some people that tell us to go pound sand, uh, and but we put a mini plan on sale, three game mini plan. And it's the last, the last opening day, the last July third, which is the biggest fireworks show of the year, and then the last game, and that mini plan sold. We, we've sold more than we ever thought we would. That's awesome. Um, it was so that so there shows that there's definitely some nostalgia. Uh, we we're going to put it together a really full fledged uh, promotional calendar. Lucino uh, is exceptional at saying, you know, we're not going to go just quietly go out into the night we're going out with a bang uh you know uh has been such a key organization in minor league baseball for a long long time 
uh, and we are. Uh, we've got just as many firework shows and you know promotions out the wazoo and giveaways and uh, the whole thing. And um, you know, it's like an hour from Pawtucket to Worcester, so it's not like out of the realm of possibilities that you would go. So we still want to keep the market as like, uh, you know, they they might they might drive to Worcester, right? And uh, it's definitely something we want to keep friends here. This isn't scorched earth. Uh, this is uh, this is something that's going to be fun and good. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's so for the most part, I'd say positive, right? And I think the scale tips uh, tips positive, and I think it'll be better than last year because last year it was this lame duck season, right? But you still had one more year to go, so they were like, there was no nostalgia feeling. It was just kind of like this, blah empathy yeah like, yeah i mean it's just like whatever uh, uh you know i'm i'm they didn't have a passion for it now i mean there's really a countdown clock on the place and the new stadium coming along oh uh, the f- polar park's going awesome uh they're building walls uh you know i've i saw they've got foundational walls i'm heading up to worcester tomorrow so i'm anxious to go check a look at it and uh we'll see what it comes we'll see what it, we'll see what comes but uh it's definitely going uh, out of this world great so, so, in terms of opening day, you're going to be bringing it back anybody? I actually probably can't even tell right now, right? He's probably going to keep that under the I light. have no idea. Haven't, even, know, st- uh, haven't even started that? I haven't. Uh, maybe <laughs> our president, Dr. Charles uh, Steinberg, uh, has. Um, but he's the – Dr. Charles is the king, without question. Uh, ceremonies. Ceremonies yep. and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, he's the one that – uh, did those, you know, the the David Ortiz, this is our effing city. Oh, yeah. Uh, one and, you know, countless ring ceremonies and all that good stuff. He is the, he is the best at this without question. So I'm sure he'll come up with something great. Um, and then I talked to your old intern, Gina. Which intern? Gina. Gina from uh, Scranton. From Scranton, who is at um, Watkins Glen selling corporate partnerships. Uh, yeah, how's she doing? She's doing great. Her and I had a, a long conversation this past this I don't know what what's today Monday last week, um, and regarding her career path and just trying to reaffirm for herself that she's on the right track. And I told her based on what she's doing and the positions she's landed and where she's at, because she was in a position that she thought wasn't going to be long term success for her. She got out and went and got a, took a role and had to move, and she made the decision like, look, I. I can sit here and be content or I can do something about my career and take a chance and go be a salesperson at Watkins Glen. And if she goes up there and gets some sales under her belt, that makes her way more qualified to then start talking to other organizations. So uh, she's doing well. She says hello. And she was, well, she is, she is wonderful. Uh, uh, Gina was, she was an intern in the services department and she was, uh, she was really good, uh, and uh, she was one of those people that work hard, do whatever you asked, and uh, I think she is a uh, a great listener of front office features. So she is, uh, Gina. I, ho- I hope you're listening. And uh, uh, and I was looking for an email. They um, we had somebody. Uh, I'm trying to find it. She actually told me that even though we gear this towards probably younger folks that this has been extremely helpful for her at her point in her career, regardless of the fact of where she is and what... what yeah, she's probably, what, five years into it? Yeah, about, about that. And the, a, um, we got a couple a, notes over the break, right, from folks who... That's what I was looking for. I was looking for the uh, for one of them right here. 
we got one of the guys, he says, uh, Ryan uh, Moretti from Springfield College, one of the great <laughs> institutions in, uh, in human history. Uh, and he says, that's the email I was just looking for. Uh, I heard you say to follow up with you and Chris to know about any positions. I've listened to all the episodes. Well done. Uh, uh, and he is now a baseball operations player development role with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, and he was last year with the Baltimore Orioles. So, Ryan, congratulations on the new gig. I uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, Matt Ferry episode. We need to get more operations uh, player guys here. Uh, well, uh, we, guys we, we, can we can interview Ryan when he gets going. When Ryan's the general manager of the Tigers. By the way, uh, Laura Juris, start Detroit Tigers. Oh, really? Yeah, she's opened Comerica Park, SunTrust Park with the Braves, the U.S. Bank Stadium. She's like a, she's like a big damn deal. So you're going to like that one. Uh, and it's also good for the folks to hear, like, we always, we, I mean, we always somehow, we're on operation sales to hear other side of the business of well, other ways to work in sports, right? There's the legal departments, there's the HR departments, there's just, yeah. there's just other opportunities besides. She gives great advice, too, on, like, interviews of, like, what to say. I mean, she interviews people for a living. And, uh, that's invaluable what to advice. say, what not to say. Yeah, that's huge. Says, says how many people, one of the first questions they ask, uh, what kind of Viking swag do I get? Oh, my God. Yeah, not 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 the not the best interview. No, question. no, no. Don't ask that one. Uh, was, I had to laugh, right? That's, like, are you kidding me? That's just like showing your true colors of why you actually want the job. Is you're just a fan, but you actually don't want to work in the industry. You want to just show up and be that fancy football player, right? That's a terrible question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never no, ask that question. Right there. What are you What are you doing? Oh, uh, and speaking of updates, Crazy. Uh, our boy uh, Michael Scott oh. called me today. Yeah. He received a phone call on Friday from an agency asking him to put together some work based on his other work that he's done on a real true-life arbitration case. So he spent the weekend doing Holy it. Cow. And they got another call this morning from that another agency saying, hey, can you help us? Uh, we'd love to have you do some more work for us. We're going to show this information with our partners. Uh, and he's actually putting together real-life arbitration data Look at Mike! Look at Mike kicking ass. Yeah, Good for him. I, I mean, I told him I was like, "Bro, 2020 is your year. It's happening. It's happening. 2020. It's it's going. But it's all because of his effort and it's all the extra work that he's." Putting. So it, they told him that. So he's talked to a couple other agencies and they've said nobody has ever sent the briefs and the overviews that you've put together, other than some just like high level outlines of what a player should get. The the amount of work that he's put into these presentations has separated him from the rest of the pack, and that's why all these people are calling awesome. him. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I hope people are learning from that. It just takes extra effort, extra effort to get what you're uh, looking for. And that's it. And you just put that little bit in, and then you'll end up getting the, the separate. We talk about it all the time. What's going to separate you from the resume versus everybody else? The presentation that you leave behind that says, this is why I'm going to kick the shit out of this job and be the best right. person for it. Um, Two... Final things. I know you got to go get to the tables with. Uh, oh Jesus! Our boy Clark. No, we should stay here. Let's stay here for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> Two things. One, Laura Juris grew up outside. Grew up outside of which great American city? Oh, Battle Creek. Of course. Yep, Marshall, Michigan. It all comes In my back. My old group sales territory. It all comes back to Battle Creek. It all comes to Battle Creek. Every episode has to have some sort of tie into Battle Creek. Uh, and two, your boy. Watch another movie. What movie? Uh, uh, Moana. 
Oh, I, well, I, I, I can recite that movie right now <laughs> from start to finish, if you'd like. Because my yeah. daughter is – my son used to watch it. He, was, he loved it. But my daughter, her favorite little doll is a Moana baby doll that I got her. And then she watches it daily. It's the one she literally will sit for an hour and a half and watch that movie. She's one years old. She will sit at the screen and stare at that movie. So if you want me to bust out in song right now, I could do it. We, 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 we can sing "Shiny" in concert. Oh my god! Or, or you're welcome. <laughs> oh jeez, oh man, that's in the. I play that on the uh, drive to and from daycare. Smart man, get it going. Right, Maddie, right. Maddie will be hooked. By the way, Dwayne Johnson has got to be one of the most talented human beings on the face of the He world. said he got through that singing scenes by having a lot of tequila. Because he's, he's obviously not he's, not he's not a singer. But yeah, he sounds fine, though. I mean, it sounds fine. He sounds, he, he sounds good. By the way, um, uh, Maui looks like Dwayne Johnson, kind of. Yeah. and if you, He even does, like, the people's eyes. Oh, eyebrow. he definitely does. So the other thing, too, is <clears throat> actually I think Moana's a pretty good movie. It's Moana's fine. It's based on I didn't know this until I started looking it up. It's based on the, the true mythological beliefs of the Polynesian folk. Really? Yeah. So like the whole the thing about Maui, the demigod, and the, the, the obviously the, the the island named after him, and the whole like the earth and the the snakes and the coconuts. That's all part of their myth their mythological beliefs. You ever been to Hawaii? Uh, three times. Oh my god. The greatest place on earth. I got to. I haven't been. Uh, I love Hawaii. Where'd you go? Uh, I was in uh, Oahu for four or five days. Well, then we went to the North Shore of Oahu. Yep. The North Shore of Oahu, I love the best. And then we went to Maui for like seven days. So I've like this is in 2013. So however long ago? Uh, it's, not, it's not that long ago. Um, I've been. I was in Maui for the fir- first trip. I went for high school baseball tournament. Okay. <clears throat> yep, yep. Played in Maui uh, on the side of a volcano, which was banana land. Uh, then I went back with my parents for their 25th. And then my wife, my now wife, um, her and I went in 2010-ish. Uh, All to Maui? We, yeah, I've been to Kauai, too. Um, Kauai, yeah. Maui, Maui, Maui is probably top three. Greatest, greatest place on it's Earth. It's probably the greatest place on Earth. Uh, haven't been to Bora Bora, and I've put, I'd go back to Maui before Bora Bora because there's just way more to do. Uh, Bora Bora is on a different level in terms of just like craziness of the water and shit. But Italy, Italy, I'd say is a close second to, to oh, Maui. No, I've never been. That's on the bucket list too. The food. It, it, never been to Europe. Based on your prowess in the kitchen, you would love Italy. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know what I need to get you? Next time I see you, I'm bringing you a thing of homemade sauce. Oh, I'll I'll You're give Italian. it. I'll give it a taste. You give it a taste. You give me a uh, some feedback, and uh, my uh, my parents gave my wife and I a homemade cheese making um, kit for Christmas. So we're gonna start doing <laughs> oh, that. And most Italian. Gift oh my God! Yeah. And then did she give you a did she give you a velvet uh, suit? Oh, uh, sweatsuit <laughs> too? <laughs> my velour sweatsuit. Um, <laughs> velour. Uh, and then um, I got I got my wife and I uh, a, a wine making. Excursion. Her and I are gonna go make wine. The whole thing. You go, you do it, and then you go back and bottle Where? it up. It's in Nashua. Um, oh, okay. And then I didn't know if you're going to like California or something. No, no. And then we both talked about this. Like for 2020, we're gonna start trying to to brew wine at our house and just do that as like our thing together. Like we like we need a hobby. Like so we're gonna so we're gonna start making wine. So as one of your as one of your friends, I highly 
uh, applaud you for that and then uh, hand over some of the wine. I will be. Yeah, we're trying to come up with a name for it. So she's working on that and the label. She's very artistic. But, yeah, that's going to be one of our 2020 hobby projects is to, to make wine in our basement. Perfect. Well, on that note, uh, good luck on the table. Oh, jeez. Four I days. Four days. I might need I might need a loan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a text message drop. I got in the shit, you, man. Can you Venmo me? I'm, I'm standing <laughs> here at the table. I'm on a heater. I need more money. Yeah. Well, I'm there for you, buddy. I'll appreciate it. All right. Glad the hand's good, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Later. See ya.